everyone. My name is Derek Covington Smith, and I'm going to be your host for Spotlight On. Spotlight On is an interview podcast where we talk to different artists working and living in Mississippi. When I moved back to Mississippi, I opened up my studio, the Little Yellow Building, and began teaching. And once the coronavirus hit and really settled in, it became quite lonely. As artists, we're always used to having a lonely studio practice and being one-on-one with ourselves. But when you take out the option of having that community, it becomes really hard. And that's where Spotlight On was born. I started reaching out to artists all over Mississippi and interviewing and learning more about their lives. I'd like to invite you to come along and join me as we talk to everyone and anyone who wants to share their art and their life with us. So I hope you tune in. I hope you subscribe and join us for Spotlight On. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us for another Spotlight On interview. We are joined this week by Lawson King. He's a Mississippi artist and sculptor working out of the Delta. Lawson, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Derek. I'm I'm really glad to be here. So why don't we start off? Tell us a little bit about your background in art and just your growing up in in Mississippi. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I... um, Grew up in Indianola, Mississippi. I'm born born in Greenville. Grew up in Indianola, um, so I'm you know I'm a good old Delta boy. Um, but you know, there's not a lot of art in the Delta. There's not well, there's not a lot of art in Mississippi, I guess. And well, there is, but I think it's more like hidden. But anyway, so um, growing up, I didn't really have a lot of access to art through Indianola resources, I guess, or my childhood resources. Like, but I was really fortunate to have a grandmother who, who was an artist, who is an artist and a sculptor. And she uh, used to teach at Delta State University. She taught ceramics there for a number of years. And, um, you know, I would love going out to her house. She had a little ceramics studio. She would to, you know, play and be free. And, and uh, that was really, um, I guess, the start of it. Um, and I really loved, you know, just working with my hands and, um, you know, putting things together. And, and my mom used to have a video store. And uh, one of the things I used to love to do was put together all the displays. And she, uh, whenever she would get a, she would get a big flat box of displays and they would come in all these patterned cardboards and that would have, you know, little diagrams. And it was kind of like big Legos. And, uh, you know, I really loved to do that. And, and I was so proud uh, whenever I would put it up and just see the work on display, you know, the work on display. Uh, it's so, and it's so funny because later on, uh, when I was at Ole Miss, I worked at a movie theater. Um, I went to Ole Miss for psychology. I thought I was going to do psychology and, uh, I, you know, it was one of my big, is one of my big interests. And, uh, I've worked at a movie theater and put together their displays. And so that, that was a real kind of a full circle nostalgia thing. And, um, so that was really enjoyable. And, you know, I took art classes the whole time I was at, um, Ole Miss, but I guess before that, um, I went to Mississippi School of Math and Science. Um, you know, so I went to public schools in Indianola up until 10th grade, and I didn't have any art classes. Um, we had gifted class, which was kind of closest thing to it. Um, but, you know, we never really did art in, in school. We never were really encouraged to be creative. It was mostly the kind of, uh, you know, drill into your head, you know, remember these things kind of thing. Um, so when I went to MSMS in Columbus, I had 
uh, my first real art classes. And I think that's where I really, I think, explored a lot of the beginning of uh, of a deeper interest, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, so so then, you know, I go to Ole Miss and, and, and took art classes the whole time. And, you know, I don't know if I was, it was just because I wasn't an art student or 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 if teachers weren't interested in me or I was kind of shy and I, I didn't, you know, really didn't kind of push myself out there so I could see how I could be overlooked. But, you know, I, I feel like if if a, if a professor had like grabbed me and like, why are you studying psychology? You should be in art. You know, I probably would have switched. But anyway, ended up getting my psychology degree. Um, and then after that, my grandmother was teaching classes through Delta Arts Alliance in Cleveland, Mississippi. Um, they It's a nonprofit where they send uh, artists and residents out to public schools in, in, and schools in the Delta region um, who don't have art classes, which is most of them. Um, so she was teaching through them, but she had pneumonia and couldn't teach and asked if I could fill in. And so um, I started teaching art to little kids for them. And I just really, um, really, really enjoyed it. And it was really inspiring and free, kind of creative. It didn't really feel like work to me. Um, so after a couple years, a uh, few years of doing that, I decided to go back to school. Um, I did meet that person who pulled me back to school. Um, so when I went to Delta or when I went to Cleveland to teach and I met Michael Stanley, who was the new, uh, at the time he was the new sculpture professor. And every time I'd see him, he would always say, come take some classes, come take some classes. And so I finally was like, okay, I'll, I'll take some classes and ended up just really falling in love with sculpture. Um, really enjoying the process of like making things with my hands um, and kind of remembering that um, childhood joy of doing that and freedom, um, which, you know, we can lose as we grow older. And uh, after a little while, I guess I decided to uh, work in large scale sculpture um, because, you know, like I say, in the Delta, there's not a lot of places to, to see art, you know, um, it, and, and there are a few galleries around, but, you know, they're not the most welcoming places for everybody. You know, I, I think art should be for everybody. Um, so I just thought, you know, well, public sculpture is a way for me to share art with everybody, you know, no matter what background, no matter, you know, if you can, you know, wear a certain dress code, if you can speak the lingo, if you, you know, whoever you are, you don't have to feel intimidated to go outside. You know, you don't have to feel intimidated to go look at a sculpture in a park, you know? Um, so I think that for me was a very strong uh, connection also to my childhood. Um, but that's kind of the, the, the roundabout way of how I, how I got into art. And uh, then do you want me to keep going? Sure. Sure. This is great. <laughs> I'm okay. thoroughly enjoying this. Okay. 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 So, um, so after, uh, so after I made my first big sculpture, it was, it was a broken arrow. It was after uh, a pretty traumatic event at Delta state. There was a shooting on campus and, uh, it was, it was, it was very, it was so moving, you know, to so many people, uh, and I just felt like I couldn't uh, not react, you know, through 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 making. Um, so I had 
had an idea to to make a broken arrow. The the sculpt uh, the professor who was killed was a was a historian of Na- Native American uh, history. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he uh, anyway. But he and and so I you know broken arrow is a sign of peace and nonviolence. And you know I, as I'm digging deeper into the thing, you know I realized that I knew the shooter, and then I realized that I knew the oh wow. The, um, I knew the victim's wife, um, and I talked with the victim's wife, um, and she was just the sweetest kindergarten teacher I'd ever met. Um, and I knew that they had three young kids, and and I just felt really connected because I, I felt really connected in a lot of ways. Not only because I was there proximately, you know, when we had to go through the eight-hour lockdown, and you know, unsure of if all these rumors of, uh, you know extra shooters and hostages and all this stuff, you know, there's so many crazy rumors, but on top of all that, you know, I lost my dad when I was three and my dad had three young children. And and I know that they have, they had, they have three young children. And so I kind of made this and I, and I, you know, wanted to talk to Elizabeth and, and just kind of say like, Hey, you know, I think that I turned out. Okay. You know, I think there's a little bit of hope there. I mean, if I can offer that, it's kind of a, sticky situation to communicate, you know, cause I don't want to like, I don't want to diminish or, or, or uh, diminish the importance of grieving, you know, but I do want to say, Hey, you know, I do believe, and I know that they will be okay, you know, and I'm glad that they did get to spend this much time with their father. Um, but yeah, that was very moving. Um, and, and to this day, you know, his family members, the, still call the sculpture by his name, you know, and, and that's, that was one of the most, uh, you know, I'm getting tingles thinking yeah. about all this just because yeah. it's just so powerful that they can, uh, associate someone that they deeply loved and, and, and they lost with, with something that I made and, and it could bring them some piece of some sense of peace. Um, so that was just really, uh, gratifying and, um, moving to me. And that's a beautiful, beautiful piece. Um, I've, I've seen pictures. I haven't gotten to experience it in person, um, but it, I knew bits and pieces of the story behind it. Um, what I didn't know is how in depth you just went with their family and it's, it's layers and layers of stories and um, connection and meaningful thought that that go into things like your sculpture that you just did and um or that you just described and to experience that anyone gets to come up and kind of see their own interpretation live their own life through that sculpture without knowing that backstory and now to dive deeper into that backstory is is really something special thank you for sharing that with us yeah yeah um it was it was a huge point of uh of growth, I think for me personally, and, and just, uh, I don't know, it, it gave me a little bit of encouragement and, and a little bit of confidence that I could do this because I think at the end of the day, like one of the things I've struggled with a lot is, is the, um, confidence, I guess, or, or, or uh, you know, um, 
knowing that I'm good enough, I guess I'm being a little vulnerable now. Um, <laughs> Mine is imposter syndrome. You know, that's, that's, yeah, yeah, totally. that's that whole thing. And, and the more I talk to more artists like you, the, you know, the artists that I see that are doing important things that I consider, you know, pushing forward and really living your career, you know, all of us have imposter syndrome. All of us think that we're not doing enough or that we're not real or we're just making, you know, but it, it's kind of that way in the art life. You, you make it up as you go and, and path, a uh, dredge a path forward. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about your process of, because you work in such a large scale and that's got to take time to think out and properly put together and, and make all the logistics and the nuts and bolts work. So tell us a little bit about your process on that. Yeah. So, um, when I, so first, uh, you know, when I made that sculpture, I was, I was, that was my first big piece. That was my first really welded piece uh, out of steel. And I really, you know, look at a lot of the uh, problems with it now, you know, four or five years later. Um, <clears throat> so I guess my process comes a lot from my time working with Ray Katz. Um, he's a sculptor in Michigan and um, he in the D Detroit area. He's in Pontiac. Um, but I, so I went up there after I graduated. I, I met Ray randomly. Well, not, I guess not randomly, but it was at a sculpture garden install and we were both installing. It was actually that piece I was installing, um, the arrow downtown. And he was installing one of his pieces and we kind of started to chat and he says, well, you know, what, what are you up to? And I said, I don't know. I just graduated. He said, what's your plans? And I'm like, I don't know. And he says, you want to come work for me in Michigan? And I'm like, I don't know. This guy he seems kind of brash and intimidating. You know, I don't know if I want to go up there and, and, and have that experience. But I did, you know, I took a chance and, and it was it was the best thing I could have done. I mean, he, he he's a sweetheart. He just seems rough on the outside. <laughs> but um, anyway, so Ray is Ray is he turned 82 last year, last October, and he's in the shop every day. Uh, he's he's one of the he's very, very hardworking. And, and um, one of the things I learned from him is is that, um, you know, you don't always have to know how you're going to do it, I guess. You just know you're going to do it. Um, and, and, and you, you know, trial and error is just like one of the biggest things that, that is like the, have been, has been the best teacher for me. Um, but as far as my personal process, I, I like to, um, I like to work from sketches. Usually um, when I'm making large scale work, um, I do a lot of sketching. I do uh, a lot of little doodles really quick. I don't really like to spend too much time on them because I feel like the more time I sp spend on a sketch, the more contrived it is, you know, yeah. like when I, when I put it down, it's there, it's free, it's natural. It's supposed to be what it is. And, uh, so then I kind of go about, well, how do I, you know, translate this into the next step? Uh, and a lot of that just comes, comes down to technical, like, um, uh, ability of fabrication, you know, um, which is a lot of, a lot of, stuff I learned with Ray I guess that's a little I don't want to go into too much detail about that because it's not really exciting yeah <laughs> uh, but, but well, there's um, it's there's a um there's another sculpture piece you did that is an arm with a balloon that mm -hmm. that's wrapped around it and kind of floating adrift and and escaping um but that 
if you if you pull the threads, especially on your Instagram, you'll find that sculpture. But then you also find all these amazing paper cuts that mimic the movement and the imagery and very Matisse like very, very, you know, nice and simple and clean. And for me, very aesthetically pleasing. I enjoyed looking at every single one of Thank them. You. Tell Thank us you. about that. Tell it what what's what's your feeling and, and thoughts behind all the balloons and the paper cuts. Yeah. Okay, cool. I love that. Thank you. Um, okay, so while teaching for Delta Arts Alliance, you know, one of the big things I used to love with kids was was cut and paste, you know, just paper, just collage. Just that's one of the best things, you know, kids can kids don't have like, you know, you can rip it. There's 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 not as much pressure to uh make a mark. You know, kids are And you want to make a mark perfect, right? You, you want to put that mark from your head to the paper, but it rarely happens like that without, you know, years and years of training. So the kids, you know, would just really love the collage because it's like almost free. Like this is kind of a collaboration between me and the paper. So it's not really all me if it's not perfect. But anyway, so I love Matisse. I love his inspiration from children. And, I, and I'm very inspired by children. Um, I love... Uh, composition and I love simple um and that's really difficult I think you know uh I really struggle sometimes because I see like all the big murals and paintings and popular artwork and you know modern art and all of it's so busy like so so busy and like it's layers and layers and layers and crazy stuff happening everywhere and it's just over over simulating so for me it's like really refreshing to have a very blank uh or not blank not empty it's space you know it's a uh, it's 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 environment it's atmosphere and so to me it's it's it plays a big role in the composition the negative space you know um but so i started these hand and balloon compositions um i recognized that over you know experimenting with imagery and artwork like what interests me like you know i'm interested in psychology and and how we think i'm interested in why we why we make the decisions we make um, i'm interested in how we deal with those di difficult decisions and through trying to explore those ideas i recognized a couple of images in different works dating all the way back to like my time at Ole Miss where I was just kind of taking classes for fun <laughs> and that was the hand in the balloon and so I kind of tried to isolate those and you know kind of um see how I feel about it um so after doing some drawings some paper cuts just really were so much fun and these little clean paper cuts are so difficult <laughs> they look so easy you know they look so simple and easy but they're so difficult to be like really precise and um it's a really fun process and, and, and to me it's it is kind of uh reflective of my ideas of like, you know, how do you deal with a with a tough situation? Like sometimes it's hard to know if you're holding on to something or if you're letting go of something. Like there's like a there's like a a, a thin line between that. And and it's funny because when I was first um working on this imagery um i was only thinking of the of the letting go or wait no i was only thinking of the holding on like you know if you imagine like the balloon you're you're trying to hold on to something for too long right 
And so I was having a conversation with my grandmother who I talk about these ideas a lot with. And she says, well, what, what if, the, what if the hand's not holding on? What if the hand is trying to let go? And I was just like, Oh my God, like that's, you know, I had kind of an epiphany. Um, and it just like made me so much more interested in the, in the composition. Um, and one thing that I really love about, about the simple composition of, of the hand, you know, the hand is, is, is a point of action. You know, uh, you can, I mean, the, the first drawings, you know, we did as, as, as a species were of hands and, 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 you know, we would cover our hands with the clay, you know? So just that sacred imagery of the hand and, and, and when I, when I create these compositions, to me, it's like the hand and the balloon, they're very subtle movement uh, changes in the com- composition can change the emotion so quickly for me. Um, so like, you know, if the hand is drooping or if the hand is erect or if the taut or if the balloon is, you know, kind of got them tangled up, it's like, you know, each one of these is kind of like, a situation I guess I've experienced and, and have have tried to express through this this imagery of of, of uh, hands and balloons. I think that's what drew me to it so much and why I enjoy it so much. It it comes back to that whole paradox of do you see the glass as half full or half empty? And for me, the answer is I see the glass and it all depends on whether you're thirsty or you're not as to whether yeah. it's half full or half empty. And um, I just with the, the balloons, you you have the exact same experience. Are you letting go? Are you trying to catch it? Are you? pushing it away, you know, there's, there's all that type of thought, but again, wrapped up in that simplistic, minimalistic imagery with this nice space, you, you, you nailed that on the head. You have this nice space left over to, to let your eye rest and also have these just intense pulls of color every once in a while, just a couple intense pulls of color. Like I I do, I I really enjoy those. Um, I want to jump to now you, you recently were awarded the Mississippi Artist Fellowship from the, from the Mississippi Artist Commission, right? Tell us about that right. experience. Yeah, so um, that, was, that was huge. I mean, that was a huge boost in my, in my confidence, I think, and huge, um, I don't know, it was, it was just a huge encouragement for me that, you know, I'm on the right path. Because um, I think, you know, as artists, it's, it's, really, it's really difficult well, as, as any business person, it's really difficult to work for yourself and it's really difficult to make those tough decisions. You know, it's easier to work for somebody else and take orders and, and you know, not have to think about, you know, how you're going to continue the business the next, you know, four months. Uh, but as far as, as, as the grant goes, that kind of solidified for me, like my commitment or, or encouraged my commitment, because at the end of the day, I think that's what it is. You know, art's not always easy. You know, art doesn't always just come, you know, art, art's not always fun, you know, um, even, you know, even if I try to make these difficult situations look fun by adding color and making them childish looking, um, it's not always fun. And, uh, you know, it's a commitment. And I think this grant and just the interest that, that people have shown in my work and, and, you know, the grant has definitely, uh, given me, given me, um, the finances I need to buy a welder, you know, um, to buy material, to buy tools, like that stuff is really expensive. And, um, 
it's really cool because I just actually joined an artist collective in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And so I have a, a shop and now it has a nice well, nice new welder. And, um, and, and it's got a few sheets of aluminum and steel waiting on me. I've actually been working on a few pieces. Um, but, you know, it was huge to, to see the, to, to receive the recognition, you know, from, from my home state's leading arts agency was just uh, really uh, kind of comforting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Just, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's reassuring. You're on the right path and somebody's giving you recognition for that and you deserve it. You just definitely deserve it. Oh, thank you. Man. So you, you mentioned that you got the new studio. What's next? What's in the future for you? What are you, what are you planning out to do now? Well, since I've got the studio, I've just been working like crazy in there. It's just been so much fun. Um, it's like right outside my window here. I can just go right outside to the studio, you know, um, and I just want to make a lot of work and I just want to show a lot of work. I want to, I want to build a, build a body of work that I can enter into shows, you know, nationally, maybe internationally, um, and, and just really hit the grindstone with showing my work. Um, I think that's the most, one of the most important things I can do for myself. Um, there's a lot of, uh, sculpture gardens and, and city sculpture parks that are, that are popping up around. People want to boost morale. And so they do that through arts, you know, and, and so that's really great, uh, because there's not a lot of people who work large. And so a lot of times you'll see the same people, these sculpture installations, um, and, and, you know, if I continue to make large work or if I continue to, to put myself out there and uh, network, like, like I'm really, really happy that you reached out to me because one of my main goals when I came back from Michigan was just to like unite or, or, or connect with other Mississippi artists and to build a strong connection between Mississippi artists. And, um, you know, I think that's really important because we're kind of, we need to be a support system for each other because we don't have big collectors like Atlanta and Detroit and LA and New York. You know, we've got small time collectors who are picky and who want to, well, I mean, I'm sure all collectors are picky, but uh, you know, who are just a little bit less, maybe a little bit less open to uh, experimentation or, or uh, new ideas. And, and so it's hard I think for us to, to experiment too far out of our comfort zones without thinking like, well, how will I sell this? Like that's, that's a difficult part about being a Mississippi artist. So it's kind of like, I have to reassure myself that it's going to, uh, it's going to show, you know, and, and, you know, I learned this from Ray, uh, my, my, my mentor in Michigan, he, you know, when I first got there, we would just make sculpture constantly. I mean, you know, 10 foot, 20 foot sculpture constantly every day, eight to five. And, you know, we've got 10 sculptures in the yard, three sculptures in progress in studio. And it's just like, I start to say, well, Ray, where are you going to put this one? He's like, I don't know. It'll go somewhere. And so the passion for making and the value that he gave art was really enlightening for me because I would make a little drawing and I'd show it to him and he would look at all the lines so intently and he would value it in a way that was just special. You know, it just showed me like this has value, you know, and, and that's a huge issue I think with art because we can fill up our studios with our own work and then 
they devalue in our mind over time. But I think one thing, I, one of the biggest things I learned from Ray was that it all has a lot of value. And I need to remember that. And, and it's hard to remember that sometimes when it money is. is more. Uh, well, and you're demanding. working, you're working on such a larger scale than I'm used to, not just like size wise, but financially, it, you know, I can go and invest in a, in a canvas for a hundred dollars and it'll be huge. But you, when you go make a large piece of work, like that's a lot, much larger investment in materials and everything. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, that's why I'm really, really appreciative to get that grant. I mean, that was huge to boost. I mean, you know, they, they want to, they, they want to um, help, help young artists or, or Mississippi artists improve their careers by any ways. And, and that's really amazing that we have that opportunity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let me, um, I'm going to, I'm going to bug you one more time. I'll ask you one more question and then, and then we'll kind of out this. Um, for anybody that's listening, artist-wise, or somebody who's thinking about getting into art, or thinking about getting into sculpture or anything, what is some life advice from your own personal experiences that you could share with them? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think I think some of the biggest things that I've learned <clears throat> is that I need to value my work. Um, like I just said, value my work. You know, because if I don't value it. You know, other people won't. Um, I need and 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 to stay committed. I think that's the biggest thing, and to stay open. But it's it's difficult when you when you show somebody work and they have an opinion about it. You know, it's difficult to to receive that opinion, but also uh, maintain your personal point of view without letting them kind of dilute your 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 vision. Um, but just really staying committed, really kind of grinding, really kind of, you know, make work and, and meet other artists and surround yourself with other artists who are working because it's really inspiring when you see, you know, your friend over here who's made, you know, uh, you know, really cool paintings all year. And you're like, man, that, that guy works really hard. Like, I want to, I want to make some stuff now, you know, it's just like surrounding yourself and create, building a network of, of, of support is really important. Um, so, so yeah, valuing your work, building a network of support and grinding. I think that's, that's huge. Those are all really good points of advice to give too. you know, you, you can take that advice from the time when you barely touch your toe into art all the way into full fledged career. Like those are things that trouble every single artist at some point during your life. And we have to keep those things in mind. We've been joined today by Lawson King. Lawson, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you can be found on Instagram at Lawson Main, um, L-A-W-S-O-N-M-A-Y-N-E. Um, can Where else can anybody find you? I, I think that's probably where I'm most active. Um, I'm hoping to get a website uh, up and running this year. That's one of my goals, you know, so by summer I should have a website and I'm sure I'll post about that on on Instagram or I'll put it in my bio, you know, so definitely just follow me on Instagram and I'll, I'll keep you updated. 
Well, thank you, Lawson, for joining us. Thank you, for everyone, for listening and tuning in. This has been another wonderful interview from a Mississippi artist and sculptor working in our state today. Definitely go and check out um, Lawson King at, at on Instagram and keep up with what he's up to because the, the sculpture work is amazing. The art is amazing. We, as Mississippi artists, have so much talent to give and put out in the world. So until next time, y'all have a great one.